This idea of purity and you're never kind and you're always politically woke and all that stuff, you should get over that quickly. The world, the world is messy, but I do get a sense sometimes now among certain young people, and this is accelerated by social media, there is this sense sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people. And that's enough. Like if I tweet or hashtag about how you didn't do something right or used the word wrong verb or then I can sit back and feel pretty good about myself because, man, you see how woke I was? I called you out. <laughs> Let me get on TV. Watch my show. Watch Gronish. Um, you know, that's not... That's not activism. Well, had a special guest up front. Thank you, President Obama, for some coherent, cogent thoughts. And uh, it's inspiring to hear someone who can actually put together a sentence or two and come to a logical conclusion at the end of a paragraph. It does seem like a treat nowadays when it shouldn't be that way, right? I mean... I feel floored when you sit there and listen to it. I'm like in awe right? It compared to what we have to put up with every day. And, uh, and, and, and you know, Trump's, I don't know how, uh, his, his ignorance, it, 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 it just rubs off on everybody that he touches. Like, you know, you can't, you, I mean, I can, I, I can never really stand the way Kevin McCarthy spoke either, but... <laughs> But, you know, Pompeo or, you know, think back at Sessions and, you know, they're all dumber for have knowing him. Yep. So, and, you know, we are too to a certain extent. Um, anyway, so we're going to talk more about those, but let's make sure we get our beer in here and then we'll talk about those comments by Obama, at least for a few minutes. I thought they were worthy um, uh, to kind of bring up. Uh, one, because I kind of feel like it... Um, I don't want to, maybe a tax is too strong a word, um, but uh, certainly what we do is to uh, try out, try and call out when, when people are spreading misinformation. That's one of the things that you and I do both on the podcast as, as well in our personal lives and our personal social media accounts. Um, and so you know, I, I think there's a real fine line uh, there about kind of what I agree with Obama with and uh, what I don't agree with. What what I would say is, and for those Trumpsters that are listening, notice that I'm not all in. <laughs> Just because Obama said it doesn't mean that I am going to wholly bow down to him, you, you know, and, and never have. So, um, you know, uh, there, there's, there's the first difference. Um, yep. And, and I think he would support that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I agree. All right. And by the way, it's Pottoms Up. Yes, we are. 41. Yes. <clears throat> I was, are. I was, this, I was so overwhelmed by <laughs> wonderful, eloquent speaking. I forgot to say we were on episode 41 of Pottoms Up. So, yeah, Pottoms yeah. Up. All right. So, let's get to the trove here, but we'll talk a, a little bit more about it later. All right. Well... Since you were the pro procuring 
staff member okay. to get the beer. There, there's a little story behind it, and uh, I'll hand it over to you. Well, like I said, I don't want to get too far off. No, from we're not going to do the story yet. Yeah, we'll talk about it at break. But um, uh, this is a, a new release from the Griffin Claw Brewery uh, here in Michigan, uh, Birmingham. Flying Buffalo Barrel Aged Nine Months, and this is the Imperial Stout. Um, what I... Um, what I didn't know when I went to the release party was uh, there were actually six varieties of barrel aged that they had released. So not just the one. So, you know, like I said, we'll talk more about that. But uh, um, I, I, I kind of had this on my list of things to do or check out um, for a while because uh, I've been tracking it on social media. And um, the day finally came and got a couple couple of cans to go for the crew here and they've made a big deal out of it and now they are uh now they're gonna hear what uh the first reviews are gonna come in at <laughs> speaking of the crew we're short one oh day. yes yeah <clears throat> knob's got the sniffles so uh he he didn't uh come over and share his his crud with us so we're thankful for that and hope he feels better soon mm-hmm. so yep for sure all right um, now all the uh... so I've already taken my first uh, uh, taste. Um, it's a it's it's a powerful powerful stout. I mean you know this. Ooh, that's got a bite. Yeah, there's there's a lot there. Um, uh, it's twelve percent. You can you 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 can tell in the mouthfeel that there's a lot of alcohol in it, um, and. Uh, it's uh, barrel aged, so you can also taste that bourbony kind of. Yep. You know, it's got that kind of whiskey yeah. aftertaste. Yeah, uh, I do like the level that it's carbonated because I think that actually gives it a fairly clean finish for how thick a beer it is. Yeah, I, I didn't get hardly any head at all on it. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't e- either. It, it flatlined in that area. Um, I tried to pour it with a little bit of head, but it, it, when I opened the can, uh, it, it kind of splashed out. So, that, uh, you know, maybe that was during transport. Um, I'm given, you know, it, it smells like a taste. Um, it's it, it's a quality stout. I, I, I'm still going to reserve judgment as to whether um, I would I would purchase it again. Um, but. Uh, are all imperial can, stouts Russian? Because they say this is a Russian imperial stout. I can't. I couldn't remember. Is that a style that um, is Russian? Let's uh, let's look that up. I guess right. Um, uh, and we'll get back to it. <laughs> um, Fred, what are, what are your initial thoughts? I'm I'm still kind of. Uh, nuzzling up to the the whole stout thing because that isn't my normal type of beer that I would choose. So, um, yeah, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it's definitely a potent, like you said, in many ways. It, it's for it sure kind of slaps you in the face a little bit when mm-hmm. you take it, but yeah. uh, and I can still feel the alcohol in the chest. I can feel it in my throat a little it, bit yeah, as well. So. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I don't. I'm not sure yet if it's for me or not. I, I think it, it it might be a very situational beer. <laughs> you 
You, you know, it, it, it might be like hayride bonfire only. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. I, I could, this definitely would fit those scenarios for sure. I, I, I don't see myself watching Monday Night Football and having two of these, nope. you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you get distracted pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, all right. So more on the, on the, on the beer later in the, in the Griffin Claw experience that I had. Um, very quickly... Some fact checks from last week. Uh, we looked at another Keweenaw brew that, that you provided, and it said, uh, uh, what town was it? I forget now, but we thought it was Houghton. Right. Okay. It was in Houghton County so the brewing facility like is now in this other town. So they claim their company is still in Houghton, but brewed in. So they're kind of, they've kind of made it more factually correct. And I don't know if they if they move their brewing facility, maybe because they've gotten larger and a bigger facility. It is now like uh, about 15 miles down the road outside southeast of Houghton. Oh, okay. But so because I went back and I looked down a can of Widowmaker and it said nothing but Houghton on there. So something has changed. And uh, uh, the the beer you had also had Houghton written on it. But then in this fine print it said brewed in, I forget the name of the little town. I can't remember yeah, the name I, of it. I didn't put that in my notes. I have it upstairs. Ah. Um, <laughs> the uh, the tip of the thumb is on your hand, not in Michigan, is known as the second phallus. Phallic, phallus. P-H-A-L-A-N-X. Really? Yes. So it did have a term. Well, it's got a medical term. And also the thumb can be known as the pollux. The P-O-L-L-E-X. I'd never heard that. Never heard that term. Yeah. Mm. Get uh, your pollux out of your proboscis. Uh, <laughs> my proboscis could actually take. I guess I don't, I don't. You might not be able to I do don't it, think but so. I probably could. Um, uh, the candy that we were talking about, as a relation to the name of Matt Gates, uh, gets his caramel cream bullseyes. Bullseyes. That is what are they, they are. They swir- yeah. Oh no, that's swirled. That's where all they're just the caramel They're with the solid? cream center, yeah. Hmm. But they and I don't know that anyone outside of Getz's candy calls them bullseyes, but that's technically the way Getz is referred to them. Uh, Bob Menendez, I said he was from Virginia. He's from New Jersey. But here's the key: I, I don't really know whether his allegations were criminal or not. Okay, it was a hung jury, and then finally they decided not to prosecute again. So that's how he has escaped any uh, decision. Okay, let's put it that way. But it was a matter of gifts. And, you know, just, you know, like the, the guy in Virginia, you know, who took the gifts. Uh, it's so hard to prove that these gifts were intended to uh, get a quid pro quo. Okay, to use that term again. And that's where these cases, you know, just fall apart, right? It's so hard to prove intent. And... Um, but the real point of what I was trying to say was after the hung jury and he was cleared, the DNC did not support any other candidates running against him. And so he basically won in a landslide because he was not primaried, you know. And, I, and, and reading about his, uh, his uh, potential crimes and, and allegations, I would not want to vote for him again. I, I would want a different Democrat. I would say, you know what? There's there's something stinky here, you know? There's a pure and simple argument for the primary all the time. Yes. Yep. 
Um, That's a so glaring it, example of... Sure. Yep. And uh, then um, uh, gorillas do not encounter bananas in the wild. You're kidding. Well, what? What? No bananas. What about the plantain thing? I don't think plantains either. I just think those are separate, you know, ecosystems, separate jungles, you know, what have you. Huh. So, so you you wonder if the beer was trying to be deceptive <laughs> in the Detroit Zoo in on it with them. I just think it's a matter of people's stereotypes against gorillas liking bananas. I, I guess. I'm not saying they don't like bananas, right? But how did that all start? Is that what they fed them in zoos back in the, you know, 1920s or whenever they first started catching gorillas? Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, well, another mystery solved, right? Okay, then. Um, back to uh, how we kind of started the show there with uh, what Obama was talking about. And I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this, Fred. I would have loved to have Nob's opinion as well. Um you know, that this idea that uh, just being woke and judgmental um, is, is it not helpful? Is it, is it harmful, um, you know, to the cause? You, you know, what, what do you think he really means by it? And, and how, um, how does it shape the uh, democratic or progressive voice going forward? You know, so just to refresh, here's one of his quotes. This idea of purity and you've never compromised and you're always politically woke and all that stuff. You should get over that quickly. I'm surprised he used the word stuff. <laughs> that kind of threw me a little bit. Sorry, go ahead. I just, um, you know, he, he doesn't want people to be arrogant, right? Um, but, you know, I, I don't know if you... Uh, read the article that I, I sent around, I think it was uh, from Slate, about, or in Salon, I believe is, is what it was. And it wasn't, it was particularly about the impeachment thing. And it wasn't, you know, the, the article was pointing out there is no both sides to this. That side is absolutely 100% wrong. And, and, and so much of the news media wants to make it seem like, oh, they have their side to this, right? And... I suppose there's a danger in doing that over and over again, but is there a time and place where you do have to call out? See, that's that's where I kind of, you know, diverge from kind of what Obama's preaching here a little bit is he's not saying never or always, but I'm trying to understand is that what he's implying? Hmm. Well, I, I, I don't know how that could be a black and white thing, you know? Right. Because there are situations like what's going on now where it's it's pretty straightforward what's happening. Correct. And for, for people like you and I to call out our foes on this kind of stuff, I, I think we're fully in the right and we have the upper hand and I say we go with it and continue to go with it. Yeah. I mean, one of the things, and, and, and you know, it's always been kind of my mantra, is I really stay away from personal attacks. I try to stay away from name calling, even when, you know, I get hit with those kinds of things. Um, you know, that's really not my style. Uh, but to be judgmental is part of understanding who that person is, you know. 
Um, here's another one of the things he said. There is, in this sense, sometimes of the way of me making change is to be as judgmental as possible about other people, and that's enough. And that this gets accelerated by social media. Um, I don't know about being... I don't know if my judgmental this or me being judgmental of people is what I would consider activism pure and of itself right it's it's the my activism is I'm trying to put the facts out there I'm trying to engage really that's really what I try and do on social media with Trumpsters I'm always trying to engage in a civil civil discourse with them and then present the facts you even heard me with our one buddy this week saying all these facts that I've just shown you, have they changed your mind? And it wasn't really even about the national politics. It was about the California economy of all things, right? But, you know, he refused to answer that, <laughs> right? But, but that's, what, that's what I would consider activism. My activism is to try and get someone to maybe look at things differently than the way they're looking at it through their bubble. Now, there's no question that I have an arrogance to, to, to me about it that I'm not looking at their perspective, <laughs> you know, and I want to tell myself I will if they show me some information that gives me food for thought, right? If, 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 if he sends me, you know, a lot of data saying that the California economy has got a bubble that's about to burst or that, you know, the books have been cooked and they're really operating in the red and they don't have a surplus, I would take that into consideration if it was what I thought, you know, a newsy, uh, a worthy news source. Um, adding my own caveats to it, but I don't, I don't know that that being judgmental is where it just ends. I think it goes past that. I, as far as the whole judgmental part goes, I, I personally, I, I try to take in data from both sides if I can. But what I tend to find with these guys is it just seems to me like they're just being spoon-fed rubbish and they're, they're sticking with it just because it's their guy and they just don't want to give up the win. And in the, the problem, I guess, that I have with it is that I know these people that we argue with they're not stupid people, okay? They're not. But the fact that they just glom onto that stuff and won't let it go, it makes me feel like they're being stupid. Is it, you know what I'm saying? Correct. Yeah, no, very much so. Uh, and then one other thing that Obama mentioned was um, if all you're doing is casting stones, you're probably not going to get that far. That's easy to do. Um, I, I kind of feel that's somewhat hyperbolic, right? I mean, uh, you know, yeah, it's easy to cast stones, right? But you, you, that doesn't mean that certain, in certain cases they shouldn't be done. And I'm not talking about casting stones in terms of name-calling, again. I'm talking about casting stones in terms of, you know, pointing out hypocrisy or you know, just out and out lying, right? I mean, I, I think overall, I really understand the message that he's, he, he really sees himself 
um, as a progressive in terms of his policy, but a centrist in terms of the way that he wants to interact with people, right? He, he, he is a compromiser, mm-hmm. and he does want people to get along. And as you said earlier, you know, his words have a lot of gravitas to them. Um, and so maybe they're just easier for him to say, you know. I, I don't even know how I would use this information. If I, if I, if I really was buying in wholly to what he uh, w- was saying, how would it change my behavior? Like, what would he recommend that Blotto and Fred do differently? I don't know. It seems like he wants to just uh, kneecap the grassy troll. <laughs> he wants to take away all that is good and holy with me. <laughs> right. That, that, that's why his notes, maybe maybe if we weren't, you know, on Podham's Up, that's, it, I, I would feel differently about it. But, you know, is it an attack on all podcasters? No, of course it's not. Anyway. One, one thing that he said that still kind of struck me as odd is the whole part about calling others out not being activism well i i kind of disagree with that it's like i i feel like if they're out there spewing bullshit it is your job to bring up what you believe to be the right story and lay it on them I mean, isn't in in many ways that's really what activism is about? Nonviolent activism is calling others out. Yeah. Right. I mean, you might do it in a march. You might do it on a podium. You know, on the mall. You might do it uh, in uh, in a hearing. Right. I mean, AOC calls people out, um, and uh, you're you're right. And and that's a that is kind of a level of activism. I think so. You know. I mean, it, it, it's civil activism, calling people out. I, I agree with you on that. And I think maybe that's, that really um, kind of puts a, a pin in where I was struggling with what he was saying. Hmm. Yeah. But uh, good to hear from him anyway on these issues. It was so <laughs> enjoyable to hear from him. Yeah. I wish we'd hear from him more, but I, I, I guess... I understand he he treads lightly when he probably shouldn't because you know dear leader doesn't tread lightly I mean the gloves have been taken off essentially all the norms about how presidents current and past Mm -hmm. treat each other that norm is gone I mean for now it could come back as it stands though today today it's gone you know, dear dear leader has just shit canned another norm that decent people try to live by. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand why Obama isn't out there more. Is it? Do you do you think he he rationalizes that it's part of his legacy, or do you think that it's just really his nature that he's so he he tries to get along with so you know with so many people on so many levels that. That the, the trashing and the painting people in corners, and you know, it's going to be really fascinating to see what he does regarding the primaries as they get deeper. Right? Is he going to get behind somebody in an official way? Right? I mean, I, I don't think he is, because again, 
you know, but maybe that's what he should do, right? I mean, if he got behind Amy Klobuchar, think about what that would do to her real her her, her winning chances. You know, he's you know he'll get behind whoever gets the nomination. I think he probably hopes that's Joe. Uh, I think I don't you think I don't know. I don't I, you know. Um, uh, you know, there was a poll that came out uh, today that you know Biden's still beating Trump by double digits. And and also, did you see the comment? Beto is still beating Trump <laughs> by double digits, and he's not even in the race anymore. Uh, and 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 did you think? Uh, what did you think of Pelosi's comments about Democrats got to get smart and start moving towards the center? That winning the primary is one thing; winning the general, winning the um, the swing states. That that winning the swing states is key to winning the presidency and that she feels as though the Democrat candidates, many of them, are forgetting that. And I don't argue that point. I did not hear her say that. Yes, yes, she did. I think it was yesterday. She said something to that effect that Democrats are forgetting about how important it is to win the swing states. Well, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. I mean there's, there's, there's still this polling that places like Michigan aren't in favor of impeachment. Um, Either is like Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin's really down on it, according to what poll. I hate polls. I I, I don't really I mind try to tune them out myself. I don't think they're all that important. Yeah, but um, but here's the thing about the impeachment and, and poll, polling, and I just think it's it's ridiculous. There seems to be this thing about the number. You know, how far over fifty does it have to be before you know the Republicans get on board or something, right? Why can't that bar be set at the number over 30? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? They move the bar basically to keep the polarization, right? If we said, if if the news media came out and said anything over 30% of the American people who want impeachment should be big time trouble. Imagine if you went to work and 50% of the people there hated you. Imagine if 45% of the people hated you at work. Like that'd be so sad. That, that's that's awful. Fifty should not be the bar. Sixty should not be the bar. It should be way lower than that. But again, the news media has to make it seem so. Where where wherever the initial poll comes in, then they track it from there. And you know what I mean, right? But yeah, <clears throat> um, yeah I just I just find it. You know, I don't know what the right number is. I mean, if it was probably forty percent. Well, there was 40% of the people that hated Obama, you know, so he could have been impeached for that, right? Whatever the number is, uh, I just feel like if 50% of the people feel as though, well, actually, that may not be true because uh, what I said about Obama, Obama still enjoyed about a 60% approval rating through most of his presidency. I, I could look that number up and get back to you, but there's a, he, he still, even though, uh, Republicans, by and large, didn't like him. There were many that still gave him a favorable approval rating. He had a segment of the Republican uh, caucus that um, that still thought he was uh, doing, you know, an, a, a worthy job. Could have fooled me. I, I, no, right, but he, his, his <laughs> approval rating wasn't 50%. You know, it was kind of early on, but then as the economy started to get better... Uh, then it went up, but he inherited, you know, a pile of shit from Bush. 
So, you know, I don't know if you base impeachment on approval ratings. I don't think you should do that. My point is just that 50% should be plenty to say 50% pro-impeachment with a 60% disapproval rating, which is what Trump has or so, that that should be plenty for everyone to kind of look around and say, yeah, we should get this guy out of office. <laughs> that should be enough. And you're, you're talking about moving Republicans like in the, in the Senate as well. What does, yeah. it get, what does it take for them? Because you know that that's what they're waiting for. See, I don't know if it takes. I don't know if it takes. What, what would sixty percent? See, I don't know if that can be measured in percents because you have red states that are red states. You know, you know, McConnell has a sixteen percent approval, and he has no fear of losing his his seat at a sixteen percent approval rating. That's why you know it, it doesn't really matter how high that number. Uh, for impeachment gets for Trump. I, I just don't know that red state, maybe swing state senators, maybe there's enough of those, but red state senators are going to be behind him all the way. So like in a case with McConnell only being at 16%, the flip side of the coin is Trump has a super high um, percentage there. Yes. That's going to carry the turtle man regardless is what you're saying. Yeah. I, I mean... You know, we'll have to see how well the case is made, right? I mean, and and if they just run out of excuses, you know? Wouldn't that be wonderful if he lost, though? It would be. It would be. <laughs> well, you, you mean lost the impeachment case. Or you oh, mean the election? I mean, McConnell, I mean... I oh, got, uh, like right, McConnell right. or Lindsey well, Graham to see one of those guys get upended. Okay, but in order to do that, I mean... The, the the gal, the Democratic gal running against McConnell, she's going to run a good campaign. She's got a lot of support. But, uh, you know, they're not going to primary him. Why wouldn't you primary a guy that has a 16% approval rating with your constituents? Isn't that the responsibility of the RNC is to get good candidates up there? On paper. You know? Anyway. In theory, on yeah. paper, whatever you want to call it. But yeah. they don't do it that way. Yeah. Um, Before we wrap yeah. this up, since we're speaking of numbers and percentages mm-hmm. and polling and all this crap, if the House actually impeaches the guy yeah. and it goes to Senate, what do you think the poll numbers would have to be to get that mythical, what is it, 67? Yeah. What, what, what do you think it would have to be to, to get them to roll over and go along with it? I don't think it's going to happen. 80%, 70, 70%, 75%. Okay. I, I was thinking about the same thing. I'd say it would have to be at least 70%. At least. Minimum 70. Yeah. And I don't know that we'll ever see that. I think it's 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 almost astounding how, how high they are now. Well, I've always felt that the core Trump base is about 37% of the population. That seems that, that right. seems like about the steady number. Yep. So, and, and his approval rating goes up from people that aren't paying attention. <laughs> really, that's why I think it, it, it goes up to 44 occasionally, right? And I really think that's just people that aren't, you know, um, following politics. Oh, you know what? Got a few more bucks in my paycheck or... 
you know, we're not in a war, a new war, you know what I mean? So, you know, he's doing a fine job. And there are a lot of those people out there. That's the bubble that we don't live in, but there are a lot of people like that. Um, so, you know, 67 may be the highest that you could possibly get. Be, you know, can you pick off a few of those those Trumpsters in that 37%? Could you get to 70? You know, that's yeah, a real challenge. All right. Um, what's the latest on the impeachment thing? Been some new developments. Like? <laughs> All right. Yeah. I got are one for you, you. Are you talking witnesses? Yeah, all the good stuff, yeah. Okay, well, pick one. Well, the whistleblower. Okay. He has agreed to answer written questions under oath by the Republicans. By the Republicans? Yes. I did not hear this. I saw that just on my way over today. I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Tell me more. Uh, that's all I know about it, but he has, uh, he, he has said that he will through his lawyers, I guess, um, answer written deposition questions under oath by Republicans. You know what would be hilarious? Is if he answered the written questions just like Dear Leader did for Mueller. <laughs> I don't recall. I don't recall. I don't know. I don't recall. I think that's what he ought to do. Tit for tat, right? I don't think he's going to. And, you know, first of all, they're not going to take him up on it because in the end, that would be damning to their case, right? Because he's the whistleblower. It, 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 this has gone past him. It's not about the whistleblower anymore. No, he just, you know? he basically just yeah. pulled the fire alarm, yeah. as I saw in a meme. Yeah, the Raging Cheeto today. tweeted again today about how he has to confront the whistleblower. Why? What, what's he going to do? Yeah, exactly. They're, they're so far beyond the whistleblower. I yeah. mean, he basically, A, brought it, brought it to everyone's attention mm -hmm. what was going on and kind of laid out a map of how this all happened and here's the direction you need to follow up on and and they've had enough cooperating evidence and witnesses that's the key part is all the cooperation right that that this really isn't about that phone call the phone call is what surfaced all of this right but it's really not about the phone call it's all about the months leading up to the phone call. And as Maddow pointed out on her show last week, maybe even going back as far as 2017. Yeah. Because they were, they were going back to... It, in, and it's funny, I had sort of forgotten about that part, but that's when they were... Mueller was doing his investigation, and they were using the people... Not using. Um, they were working with... Mm -hmm the Ukrainian government in trying to come up with stuff on Manafort. And, and basically what ended up happening, and it kind of went under the radar, is that Dear Leader did another quid pro quo, mm -hmm. 1.0, yep. and the Ukrainians got missiles out of it, and they killed four ongoing investigations, basically. Right. And it sort of went under the radar. And when, when did you say that was? That was, was 2017. 2017. And, and I haven't heard any rehashing of that going on with what's going on now. Mm -hmm. But Rachel sort of hinted that it possibly could be part of the impeachment 
right. procedure that, you know. Right. Well, there was that one senator or congressman who came out of the hearing and said, you know, you, you might want to look into javelin missiles a the little bit The javelin missiles, yeah. But, but this was also about the javelin missiles, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was what was in, in the phone call memo. Right. right. The javelin missiles were yeah. brought up in particular because I think the Ukrainians felt that that was something they needed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So this is a pattern. Mm-hmm. And you know, with dear dear leader, shit doesn't happen once with this guy. He he repeats this stuff. There's a pattern. He can't help it. He can't help himself. Yeah, right. It, it's it's all about just making himself seem more grand and more powerful, and that's basically at the core of all of his corruption. So if it if it if it looks like there's something corrupt there, there is. It's yeah. <laughs> you know that there just is. Another witness uh, has said he's not going to testify even if under subpoena. Say that again. I'm sorry. Another witness has said he won't testify on Monday, not even under subpoena. Who is this? I, I knew you were going to ask me that. I'd have to look it up again. But yeah, there's so many of them. I don't but whoever was supposed to go tomorrow, and he was on the call. He's he said he won't go on without subpoena. No, or? he said he won't go on even with a subpoena. Who is it supposed to be? Um, so I, I forget his name, but it, you know, it's, it's another you know uh, national security uh, staffer or something that was on the call, and uh, uh, he has been advised that he should not appear, and he's following the White House. I, I don't understand how these people think that the White House has any leverage over them if they don't work. For the government anymore, which a lot of these people don't. I, I don't. I don't even understand this. Yeah. So, I get it. so, so speaking of witnesses, do you think Bolton is going to on Thursday? He because says, he said he wouldn't do it voluntarily, right. but his lawyer sure made it sound like, well, if you subpoena us, we'd probably entertain that. I, I think he will under subpoena. I think he he definitely has an axe to grind, mm-hmm. and plus I, I I don't agree with probably ninety nine percent of the things that Bolton stands for, but I think deep down in that black soul of his, underneath that mustache, underneath that <laughs> that push broom, I I think he he wants government to work the way it's supposed to work. Um, I don't know. Um... I don't know how much of a liar he's ever been. Like, he, I know what his views are, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. on the Middle East and, you know, the way he would want to use U.S. military. Um, and he has probably lied or stretched out the truth to try and get to those means. But I don't know. But, I, you, you know, it, you know, some of these guys, they're just careful with their words. Um, and that's why they don't want to go under oath. No, we'll see. We'll see if, 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 you know, he is capable of speaking the truth. Because <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, forgive me, Obama, but we know the truth here. This is so black and white. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> You're preaching to the yeah, choir yeah, over yeah. here, buddy. All right. Was that what you were going to bring up about the, the latest on impeachment? Well, with Bolton? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the things. Um, I had not heard about the witness that's supposed to go on Monday. Yeah, yeah. I've kind of been disconnected this weekend, so... 
I apologize. It's usually <laughs> when things happen, too, right? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, unbeknownst to our listeners, we've had a ton of technical difficulties today. So let's uh, pot them up and uh, get to uh, another beer and some more fun things to talk about. Okay. Fair enough. So why don't you grab what's next out of the trove, Fred? I can do that. I'd love to do that, actually. Have I ever told you that? Uh, I'm confiding in you now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a moment we're sharing. Well, it's another Flying Buffalo from uh, Ravenclaw. What the hell are they called? Griffinclaw. Griffinclaw. I think you can see the 12% has kicked in there, Fred. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Um, So this was all part of the release party, and I, I wasn't aware... When I heard about the the release party for the Flying Buffalo Stouts at Griffinclaw, that they weren't actually just releasing uh, one beer. Um, They're actually releasing six beers. So I picked up uh, two of the six. And um, so let's let's circle back to the last one, which was called the Basic Imperial Stout. Um, Where where are you going with that one, Fred? Not a fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the caustic nature of it, the taste of it, it never really subsided. You know, normally you get like halfway through a beer, which we like to use as a mm-hmm. measuring stick. It normally mellows out or smooths out. That one just did not for me. For me, yeah. So, no, I'm, I'm going to go with not for me too. Um, uh, for the same reasons, uh, it, it it never really mellowed on the palate. You know, the tongue really never got used to it. Uh, um, maybe again, on, there's a situation where I would enjoy that beer. I hope there are situations where I enjoy that beer because I own six more of them. <laughs> uh, uh, and and they, I would tell you this: these weren't cheap. Um, I, I, you know, this is the kind of thing where I'll just keep what I paid for these beers to myself. <laughs> I have a good idea. <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, but uh, anyway, so they had these other flavors, so I picked up another one. Um, and we'll see if this one's uh, any better. Um, really cool. Uh, one of the things that they had at uh, for the release of these is they had these stickers. And there was a sticker for each kind of beer. That's all I thought they were was stickers. Mm-hmm. On a more careful examination, they are the beer wraps. Oh. They're the labels. I was just messing with this canned... Because these are stickers, obviously, yeah. or wraps, yep. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So that's what they had handing out, so you could get you know an actual sticker of the label. Oh, very cool. Yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. So you can see, so uh, you know they have the uh, you know the, the six varieties, and we did the imperial stout. So the other one we got, and, and again these are well, all. This is also an imperial stout. Um, uh, well, I guess they're all imperial stout, but this is a flavored. Uh, but they're all the. Nine months barrel aged, and uh, then they have, like I said, kind of the basic, and then the other state the, uh, flavors they have. Um, a modern times coffee, uh, which I would be interested in adding. Um, the salted caramel pecan, uh, salted caramel, I think is a little overplayed. Probably could do an episode on that, it's almost as bad as pumpkin <laughs> spice, but um, you know, uh, again, had interest. Um, mole, I mole, mole, mole. I, I believe it's not just mole, right? I think it's mole. Mole, like Mexican. Yeah, mole sauce, sauce yeah. which is a, a chocolate sauce, and it says, um, 
coffee beans from our friends at Modern Times Coffee. The coffee they select, da, da, da. so it's got a coffee flavor to it, the mole. Um, this one is the one I was most tempted to buy just because, um, well, I just have a sweet tooth. It's the chocolate marshmallow almond. <laughs> yeah, but, but again, you know, I mean, uh, you know, is that try too hard to get a flavor that people will like, right? And then the one that we're going to try is uh, the Jamaican rum and vanilla. And I chose this one because I thought Jamaican rum vanilla is not something that you see in beer flavors all the time, you know? And, I, and I've you know, never I, seen I've, that I've, in I've had beer chocolate flavor. beer. Um, I've had mole beer, you know. There's been caramel beers. There's coffee beers. So, um, yeah, I thought the, the Jamaican rum and vanilla might be a little bit different uh, twist to what we've been tasting. So, again, well, this is still the exact same, you know, um, uh, brewery and series of the Imperial Style Barrel Aged. But this is the Jamaican rum and vanilla flavor. Well, this can actually sort of answered one of my questions because I asked you if the Imperial Stout had to do with the Russian mm -hmm. Stout and this says nothing about Russian so that answers that mm. and I'm, I'm actually kind of excited about Jamaican rum and vanilla because the the first offering that we had I did not ever get used to the taste of that so I'm hoping this will be a little sweeter a little friendlier and more enjoyable. Um, I'm, I'm giving it a whiff right now. Uh, it's a, it's. I think it's a little darker. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I guess that's rum that I smell. Uh, the rum man, <laughs> Jamaica. <laughs> I think that is, uh, and and maybe a little vanilla. Um, you know, it is it is very very dark. Yeah, buddy. I, These I think, are some dark beers. Um, it's got a darker head, doesn't it? Yep. Yeah, yep, I thought yep. it did too. Uh, again, not much of one. I, I tried to splash mine in a little bit and get a little bit more frothy. Uh, I, I like about the half-inch head on the beer, and this is giving us nothing. Hmm. 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 I, I, I'm trying to... Uh, I'm, I'm very bad at describing flavors. The texture of this, to me, is much smoother from a mouthfeel perspective. It... it I can feel it like it kind of washed through my mouth. Mm -hmm. And this is a lot smoother than that first one we had. Neither one uh, of the two flavors that they have in there, the Jamaican rum or vanilla, are really slapping me in the face. Mm -hmm. Which kind of bodes well for some of the other flavors. It, make, it, it does make me kind of want to try, you know, the, the salted uh, pecan caramel um, and, um, you do, know, do they have the a marshmallow. Do they what? Bullseye. <laughs> the caramel bullseye the, the, the caramel cream bullseye um hey if i ever get into brew making i'm going to do a uh, that's the first one out of the gate yes matt gets <laughs> caramel bullseye um so it, you know it's it's impossible not to compare this one compared to the last one because they're the same family right um it is still very potent on the nose as I as I come up to drink it, I I'm, oh, yeah. I'm overwhelmed by the bouquet. It, it has fumes, mm -hmm. but in fact, you could probably light them. Yeah, <laughs> but I still feel compared to the first one, this one is much more subtle and a little smoother, 
and it just definitely it coats your mouth better. The flavoring. I'm getting fumes for sure, but <laughs> I, I'm just saying from a, a taste standpoint. The flavoring, I, I think, uh, kind of smooths out some of that harsher alcohol, some of that harsher bourbon that that I, I got from the first one. You know, I don't. I, I I wouldn't describe it as you know a real okay. Now I really feel and, and taste that that bourbon whiskey in my in my throat and chest like I did before. So I think it's a. Um, I'm, I know I'm going to. I know I like it better. Uh, we'll see here at the end. You know? Yeah. I'm but, I'm just going beer to beer. Right. So far, initial taste. I like this one a whole lot better. Right, right. Which when, which then, okay, that's why I would want to try the others. Um, anyway. Um, I've never tried a mole beer. You said you had. No, no, I didn't try a mole. I, I, I don't even know how to, I know there's chocolate in mole. It's chocolate, kind of spicy. Yeah. I thought you said you did. Oh, no, I'm not sorry. a mole bar. Do you think there is another mole beer out there? I don't know. <laughs> When you were going through the labels, uh, that was the one that kind of caught my ear. I'm yeah. like, I think I'd here, like to try I, that. I got another generic sticker here. Should we put it on the equipment? Absolutely. All right. Let's. Uh... Even though this equipment may not be here next week. <laughs> there we <Sweet>. go. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was crazy busy um, yeah. at, uh, at at Griffin Claw. So Saturday afternoon. Raven Claw. Um, uh, okay, well, the name. I, I got into this um, uh, with Pop Tart's son. He thinks it's a play on Harry Potter. That there's Gryffindor, and then there's Ravenclaw. So they took the two and called it Gryffindor. Do you think that's no? <laughs> But you keep saying Ravenclaw. Well, it's... <sighs> and, and, and and so I'm going back to this conversation that we... I mean, I, I I guess it would resonate to some people. I mean... All right, what? Harry Potter is Gryffindor? Yeah, Gryffindor. What are the other schools? There's three, right? Uh, Slytherin, Gryffindor. It's not Ravenclaw. Yes, it is. I had to look it up. He was right. It is? Yes. Huh. Yeah, yeah. And a Hufflepuff. Wow. I, I only remember this because I just looked it up. Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff. That's a school? Uh huh. No. I, I just only, looked this up. There's only three, right? No, there were four schools. Four? And I just looked them up. And I I, I have them right. Mm. Yeah. Your dork card must have been renewed. <laughs> well, because I didn't believe when he said, well, there's the Ravenclaw school. And I said, that, that's that's not one. And he said, yeah. So I looked it up. And, that doesn't sound right. It that is, is. It is. It okay, is. Okay, I'm just saying. It is. Um, but. <clears throat> Uh, I don't think Griffin Claw is named after anything having to do with the Harry Potter series. Mm, probably not. Yeah. I, I, I don't think, you know, guys that are guys and or gals that are serious about brewing quality Michigan craft beer are going to do something so silly as to name their beer off that. Or something they, play, were, they some were just play, doing yeah. Griffin, the right. creature, and Claw. Yeah. And End we, of story. When you said being serious, that was probably my first impression um, of Griffin Claw Brewery and Tap Room uh, because I'd not been there before. Was these guys are very serious beer makers? I mean, they're a big company now. I, I don't know what how many you know 
barrels they're they're turning out or what their revenues are. They're probably in what the, the, at least the top five breweries in, in Michigan. You know, maybe top three. If that, Founders was one. Slowly was, sinking was. <laughs> uh, and then you should do an update on that. And then and then Bell's. Uh, I believe, or Griffin Claw, and who else am I forgetting? Atwater. Hmm. I wouldn't think Atwater. Atwater's not as big as Griffin Claw. Really? I, I'm I'm asking too. I'm not. I'm, I I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but their beer making facility at the Griffin Claw tap room is something, in my opinion, to behold. I mean, like I said, it's, it's very serious, big business there. It's the. Uh, you know, does it redefine craft beer kind of thing? Really? Yeah. Have you I, been there? I've been there once, yeah. and it was probably two years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't get that impression. Did you? Did, did you? Did you see the beer making facility? The tap room's a tap room. I mean, it's nice. It was no. busy. You know, the food's uh, probably pretty good. I, I just went to go pick up the beer, so I didn't stay. It was super busy, but um, you know, if you if you walk around the back, so. On these release parties, what they do is you um, you go back to the warehouse to get the to-goes. So they got the little store in there, right, where you can get your merch and you get to-go beers. I went there first. So I went through the tap room to the little shop, and then the guy was like, I said, I'm here for the Flying Buffalo. And he says, oh, you got to go out to the warehouse. Although I saw some right there. I don't know why he couldn't sell me some. I thought that was kind of weird. But anyway, so I went back to the warehouse, and there was a line. Not a long line at this time, but there was a line. And then you fill out a form, and then you go pay, and then you go to the next station, and then they load up with whatever you have. So, And, and that's where you can also see uh, where the canning is done, I think, labeling. And then they have, uh, I don't know how many of those super huge barrel makers they have. Uh, they got, what, probably 10 of them back there or so? Well, that's pretty serious. Yeah, no, it's and, and these are the big ones, like the monster size. Yeah. So yeah, they can crank out a lot of beer. Hmm. Yeah. So we have to we have to go there. I think uh, as a team, have some lunch, and uh, maybe we can even arrange for a uh, an interview and um, a tour of the place. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. yeah All they I, can say is no. Right. Go away, podcaster. <laughs> Barbara McQuaid. <laughs> Name dropper. <laughs> yeah, not, not in the right way. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, uh, what else happened this week? Halloween. Uh, and as tradition holds, yeah. uh, Fred always uh, throws a little Halloween soiree. Well... By the laws of the state of Michigan, I have to. <laughs> My one and only offspring was born on Halloween, uh, and starting from her first birthday to her 25th, which just passed, we have had a Halloween party at our house to include trick-or-treating and the whole deal. And it, it's pretty amazing that most of the people that were at birthday one yeah are still at birthday 25 yeah and uh in my household we're all about tradition and we cherish that kind of stuff so we consider ourselves very lucky you know 
it's it's awesome stuff. Yeah, no, it is, and it's always a good time. Um, uh, but uh, the one thing that has changed over the years um, is the trick or treating, mm-hmm. right? Because our kids have gotten older. Now, you moved into this condo, but um, the previous neighborhood that you lived in was awesome trick-or-treat neighborhood oh yeah for sure Uh, it was a very it was a nice simple subdivision three streets condensed housing um you know uh, off the main roads you you know what i mean really just a really great neighborhood to take the kids and and us including myself and and our friends we would sometimes abandon giving you know abandon trick-or-treating in our own neighborhoods to come over to yours because it, it was just so conducive plus the party following afterwards but now i I mean really all but maybe like one uh of our friends might have someone that trick-or-treats if i said that right i don't know um say it again so so lefty you know uh, who wasn't there this time but his son i don't know if he still trick-or-treats i think he did last year I think he's holding up stores. Uh, <laughs> liquor stores. <laughs> liquor stores. Uh, but I don't know that we have any of trick-or-treating age, is what I'm saying. I think with the current crowd, I think there were actually only two actively yeah. trick-or-treating anymore. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it brings up this this thing that I've seen all over social media about Halloween, and that is... Who's too old to trick or treat? And I, th- I think in the past I've had attitudes about <laughs> you. Yeah, <laughs> just slight attitudes about teenagers because I thought, eh, you're probably too old to be doing it. Yeah, but but I guess that's not the case currently, right? Well, let me ask you: How has your attitude changed, or has it? Hmm. No, it's probably been about the same. <laughs> because, right, what I've seen on social media, um, and I hope our listeners maybe could confirm um, uh, and share things on uh, on our social media um, sites, but there's a backlash to those that thought teenagers shouldn't trick-or-treat. So I've seen a lot of memes about... Hey, if your kid's out there, if your teenager's out there trick-or-treating, he's not out there holding up liquor stores kind of thing, right? <laughs> Maybe not that extreme, but, you know, who really cares, right? And uh, I don't know that I've ever been staunchly opposed to tr- uh, teenagers trick-or-treating. Um, I'm pretty much laissez-faire about anything I can be, <laughs> Uh uh, but I might, might, I might have been in the past, but I got, I, I kind of agree with the. This doesn't really bother me, you know, with teenagers going out trick or treating. I mean, the only part that I would say that kind of bothers me is just don't do it too late. You know, that's my job to turn off the porch, the, the porch light when I'm done. But you know, do it at the same time as the little kids. You know, we don't need to have it staged in hours. You know, if the little kids are done by seven thirty. You'd be done by 7.32, right? I mean... That seems you know, reasonable to me. Um, but it doesn't... Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't get why... Today, I look back and I'm, I'm like, I don't know why people would really be that outraged by it. In fact, 
if teenagers, if it's acceptable for teenagers to trick or treat, when does that start moving up? Like when do we get to a place in U.S. or other places? I don't know where adults begin trick or treating again. Mm. Can you see that? Can you could you see a trend? Could you see society changing that way, where now we decide to go trick or treating? Well, I would do it as long as I give full size candy bars. <laughs> you're you're past the miniatures. <laughs> Fun size? Eh, that's your opinion. I, I want the full ones. But uh, it's interesting. You and I spoke earlier at a half pint, and she made the suggestion that she wouldn't care if, if they were adults. Right. As long as they're in costume and making the effort, right. she was cool with it. Right. And I, I guess I hadn't thought that much about it. But maybe that makes some sense in, I mean, in all of this, right? Is it is it a communal thing, right? Isn't it nice to go to your neighbor's house and you know they share with you? I mean, I'm 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 going <clears throat> real hippie on this now. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking. Is no, hold on. I wasn't thinking exactly that. What I was thinking was if it became an adult kind of thing, plus kids. Would you hand out something different? Like uh, here? Uh, I don't know, mini bottles, you know, <laughs> mini airplane bottles. <laughs> no, like, I, I don't know, like, what else, you know, a stack of post-it notes, <laughs> you know, a spatula. Well, like, I, I think if adults are going to go out trick-or-treating, I think they, too, would enjoy the candy. I, I don't know that they need like an alcoholic beverage or right, something. Right, right, right. I'm, I'm trying to think of, is there something else that's not alcoholic, <clears throat> uh, not some other form of contraband, and, and but not candy? Like what else would people say, oh, you know, this is this is fun to have? Probably not. I, nothing comes to mind. But I'm sure there's some ideas that are, that are out there. How about MAGA hats? <laughs> you don't... I, Somebody wants them. You don't see anybody wearing them. Hmm. Social that, media, you do, but yeah, that is kind of ironic, right? You see these hats. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone anywhere wearing one of those. I have seen them. I have seen them a few times, but very. Did you punch very, them in the throat? Very, very rarely. Where did you see that? Where? Um, oh God, Pop Tart and I saw one. Uh, it was like six months ago. I want to say it could have been just out shopping. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Where where was it? And I don't. I, I just Any know I've idea? seen one. You know, uh, but I travel a ton. I don't see them at the airports. Um, I made this case. I, Are I, they an aberration? I think so. Do they exist? Really? I, yeah. I, I I think people buy them, but they don't wear them. I think they they have sold millions, or he hands them out as rallies or whatever. I don't think people wear them. Think they're afraid of getting their ass beat? <laughs> no, seriously. <laughs> Even if all right, no, 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 I don't. Getting into a scuffle, oh, because I'm not picking a winner either side who's stronger. <laughs> uh, do, they, do they want the confrontation? Yes, yes, right, that's, right, that's that's what I was getting at. Yeah, no, probably. Do they not. want their ass beat? They, they, <laughs> they probably don't want the confrontation. Huh. You know, yeah. I mean, did I want the confrontation when I wore my Red Wings jersey to the Golden Knights game? 
You know, they're just happy to have you there. Well, there was almost a confrontation, so that's. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, story for another time. Oh, yeah. interesting. I, I mean, if I really wanted to escalate it, it could have escalated. Should have yeah. escalated it. Uh, I, I I did have my boys with me. <laughs> Big wave, McLean, Spike, tough, actually, actually, tough guys. Actually, Spike stepped in. He did this. This guy that was harassing me because we had kicked their ass on the hockey game. This guy that was harassing me, um, I was just trying to ignore him, and he was very drunk. He didn't know that Spike was with me, so Spike just runs an interference on the guy who was like behind me, and I don't think he ever touched me, but he just was going on about. You know, making the playoffs or losers or whatever. I don't remember. I don't even remember. But Spike trips him. <laughs> Just walks right by him, puts his foot out. I had not heard Puts this. his foot over and the guy goes stumbling away. So Spike <laughs> did run a little interference for me on there. Yeah. And I don't think that guy even knew what, what had happened. Happy Halloween, Spike. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing that I've I've seen this year... And it's not the first year I've seen it on Halloween. Is this notion that we should change the date? Hmm. Uh, and you know, is this the wussification of America? Like, you know, I, I do think Halloween is different than when you, you and I were kids. One is we stayed out. We started early. We stayed out late. Heck yeah! I mean, it seemed like we were out well past dark. I can remember getting my um, pillow. Case. Case, yeah. Pillowcase. Pillowcase. That's what we used. Full. Uh-huh. I had to take it home and get a <laughs> dump it and go back out. <laughs> and I was running. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, that has changed. But, you know, the weather be damned, right? We're going. Like, there was there was never a question mark. And to uh, this year, I know of two cities that had conversations within their social media platforms, official city, municipal um, uh, social media platforms, as to whether or not they should move Halloween because they were expecting inclement weather, which we did have here. Yeah, we have plenty of it. Uh, and, you know, there's a part of me that says, okay, get riled up about it. That's not the way it should be. But then there's a part of me like, eh, do I really care? And maybe it's because I don't have kids of Halloween age anymore, right? Trick-or-treat age, but... Yeah, should we move it? Hmm. Now, there's two sides to this. There's the there's the bad weather, change it for bad weather, and then there's the there's another movement over the past several years. Make it on a weekend. Make it on a weekend. Make it like the last Saturday of October. I don't buy in so much with that because it's normally on like a two hour window, right? Yeah. With the daylight savings thing, it's like 5.30 to 7.30, and that's usually about it these days. So I, I don't buy in so much that you got to do it on a weekend. Right. But the in, the weather part, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you were out there this year. I was. Yeah. yeah and, my and, golf and, umbrella. And, and it was gnarly. It was horrible. Windy, cold, and rainy, right? Yep, yep. When we first went out, it was just kind of misting, and then the um, the golf umbrella came out. Then the rain got increasingly worse and worse. And I'm thinking of the normal two hour window, we might have got a half an hour of uh, trick or treating in, and we called it. The kids called it. Yeah, because the parents were just like, "All right, we'll do it." Older kids, our kids. 
Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, not, right. Not the little kids called it, yeah. I mean, I I don't remember. I, I wish I could remember a specific costume where, you know, uh, whatever I was wearing was uh, covered up by winter coats, raincoats, ponchos. <laughs> you know, I was still happy to be in costume, right, as the, as an eight-year-old, but nobody could tell what it was. <laughs> yeah, I, I can remember having anger issues with my parents when I was a kid. Because you've come up with this fantastic... I'm a Halloween guy. Halloween's my favorite yeah, holiday, is, right? Yeah, which is why you it, planned your daughter's birth. Right, right. It, can you imagine when I heard her due date was uh. November 1st <laughs> and my wife goes into labor on the 30th? I mean, oh my gosh. But I can remember as a kid, I'd come up with these great costumes, which I made up myself even from a young age. And uh, my mom would force me to wear a winter coat. It's like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> Cover this glory yes, up? Yes, right, right. <laughs> but they did. Uh, it seemed like we must have had some really cold Halloween's must have They're right sticking us in these winter coats uh, because normally nowadays if there's you know if I uh, well it's I global warming well we're I, mean, I, guess, I, I, feel, I feel like a grandpa the, there were there were Not, flames you know. <laughs> coming up from the horizons this Halloween <laughs> global warming I'm telling you saw the fires from California well okay I don't know whether you're being facetious or not but you know I am but. <laughs> The, the, it does really seem like winters are not as bad as when we were younger. And Halloween was colder when we were younger. Yeah. And November's were snowy. Mm-hmm. That's that's the impression that I have. I don't know if it's factual, but I feel like November's were snowy. Yeah. December's were... There was no question about it. I mean, uh, a non-white Christmas was the exception, not the norm. Right? Mm-hmm. Or I should say a white Christmas was the norm and not the exception. Um, anyway, I just think it's it. it you know, I, I don't know that anyone has any city has decided ever to move their 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 trick or treat date, um, but it, it gets talked about for various reasons. You know, the other thing that's new, which wasn't around when we were kids, was the trunk or treats. Yeah, uh, I don't know. If I was to get my ire up about anything, it'd probably be that. Just go to houses. <laughs> You know, what's with that? Well, like you mentioned earlier, we've moved into this condo, right? But in the transition coming out of the old trick-or-treating neighborhood into the condo... You're in the apartment. We ended up spending six months in an apartment. And they had a trunk-or-treat thing. An apartment complex I could see because kids don't really want to trick-or-treat in the apartment complexes. That's hard. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I, I can kind of get that. But I just don't get like the random the, the Rams Horn parking lot becoming a trunk or treat. <laughs> I don't get it. I th- and know, it's usually done before Halloween. It's right. usually not done the day of. And I think th- that came out of trying to keep the kids safe because I think people were getting way too sensitive. Right. People were getting way too worried about the kids. You know. Needles, razor blades. No, rapists. I don't think it's been I, that, I, I which is totally know. debunked, by the way. I think it's more about just going to strangers' houses. I, again, it's Halloween, right? 
me. You know, you know, this is kind of a, a different topic. Same question. Today, we have a completely different attitude about somebody knocking on our door than we did 30 years ago. I shoot them. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what you Ask mean? questions later. <laughs> when when someone knocks on your door now, you are like, who the hell could that be? What the hell do they want, right? 30 years ago, when someone knocked on your door, you're like, yay, someone's at the door. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. It, it. Society has changed in that way well. about people knocking on your door. You, I, right or wrong, I definitely, you know, when, when I hear the knock on the door... We hide. Who the hell is that? Right. We hide normally. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone takes a stealth position behind a corner. And you're trying to see outside. What is it? Jehovah's? But, but you know, 30, 40 years ago, yeah, people knocking on the door, you, you were thrilled. <laughs> you never thought it was, you, you never thought it was somebody there to harm you. Right. And it's irrational today to believe that they are, you know? You know, nowadays, I, most of the time, I believe it's somebody dropping off an Amazon package. But <laughs> even today, I don't think we think it's someone wants to harm us. It's someone wants to strong arm us for us to give money to something we don't want to give money to. Yeah, but you know, even back then, they're door-to-door salesmen, and Jehovah's even if they have a machete, yeah, <laughs> and a or Jason sledgehammer, yeah. <laughs> at least they knock. Yeah, at least, that, that's kind of polite. Yeah. Well, today, earlier, you heard the doorbell. Yeah. That's never happened here. That was the first time I've ever heard a doorbell here. Oh. I don't know what they wanted. My brother uses the doorbell. He's the only one. We know when when he's coming over or when he's at the door, you know, he uses the doorbell. Everybody else knocks. It's like a secret code. Well, because he presses it twice, so yes. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and then we hide. <laughs> Bottoms up. Bottoms up. All right. Next time. All right. Out. Out. Because, baby, I hate you. Because, baby. Cause baby